to rock and roll and uh, glad to be here. How are you doing? I am amazing, man. I appreciate you taking the time to share with our audience all of the, just you've had an incredible life, man. I, I saw saw some pictures of you before we talked, remember? And uh, I said, your family, your family is beautiful, man. You got a gorgeous freaking family. You, you, got, you got the life, you got the entrepreneurship, you got a great family. You're just rocking it, man. So I really, really give you kudos, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's been a um, a long journey and, yeah. you know, sometimes a tough journey, but yeah, it's all part of the game. And, uh, you know, I'm halfway there, turned 52 this year, this month. Dude. And uh, so I'm on the second half of life, right? Because I'm going to live to be 104. So yes, let's go, baby. Let's go. You got you got lots of things to do and an impact and legacy you're already making in a big way, man. You're serving a lot of people. So let's dive into the theme of the day, which is money is blank. And so, Greg, when I say that money is, what comes up for you? You know, money is a tool um, that serves a lot of different purposes. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's how you keep scoring business. Um, it's a tool to make an effect change in the world. Uh, you need it to live, right? Mm -hmm. So the world runs on money. So we live in a, uh, you know, a uh, economic society that revolves around currency. So you have to make money. You have to make a living. Uh, so if you're going to have to get out there and work and, and make a living, you know, do what you love to do and enjoy it because um, you're going to spend a lot of time doing it. So but at the end of the day, to me, it's a means to an end. You know, that's really all it is. Yeah. And, and I love that it's like you said, it's a means to the end it, to an end. It's not the ultimate thing. Money is not to, to be chasing, you know, millions or hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. That's not going to bring someone joy and fulfillment. It's what they right. what they are able to do because of that. The, the people that they're able to impact, the lifestyle that they're able to create. And you've you've definitely seen what money can do in your life because you've had a ton of success already, Greg. So it's, it's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And, you know, and there's a lot of people say that money can't buy happiness. Well, those are the people that don't have any, right? So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hear the old joke, the guy that said, hey, money, money doesn't mean, you know, doesn't buy happiness. He said, I was just as happy with 300 million as I am now with 200. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. That's so awesome. So, Greg, I mentioned a little bit about your your portfolio kind of thing, what you've done, uh, your your resume in the intro. But I want to hear from you in your perspective. What do you stand for, and what do your clients come to you for today? You know, so people come to me for a lot of things. You know, one, I started from nothing with nothing. I didn't go to college, so I'm not this guy that's this billionaire that you know has this pedigree education and had all this financial backing. I mean, mm. I did it all the hard way from the ground up by just hitting it and getting it and working hard. I'm not the smartest guy. Uh, you know, I'm not the most talented guy, but you know, you're not going to outwork me, right? Mm. So I come from a background of hard work, discipline, dedication, pouring into myself, educating myself. I didn't go to college, but I'm very self-educated. Yeah. And I spend every minute that I have educating and developing myself. Even to this day, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a seeker of wisdom. Yeah. And the more I learn and know, the more, the more I realize that I don't know. So mm. really awesome how deep you can go in life and self-development, professional development. So people come to me for the mindset of greatness, right? Because you just don't know what you can do. You don't know what mm. you don't know. And when you find out what's out there and what's available, and it's like you said, it, it could be one conversation, one thing that just changes your life forever in the course of your life forever. Um, so it's it's really interesting. So I help people with those revelations. I, I help people find their place in this world. I help them figure out what it is they were created to do. Wow. And then I help them unlock that and unleash the potential that they have inside of them and fulfill their God-given talent, the reason they were created and put on this earth. And when when you do that with people and the light bulb goes off, it's an amazing thing. 
especially not only the journey, but once they arrive to where they see themselves. So, you know, that on the personal mindset development side of it, then, you know, at the end of the day, the nuts and bolts are, you know, helping people grow and scale businesses to create cash flow, that's bigger deals, think bigger, act bigger and live bigger, you know? So that's, that's really what it's all about. And uh, everybody has their different definitions and interpretations of that. So one thing is not right for another. You don't have to be a hundred million or 10 million or a billion. It is what it is for the individual. So I just want to remove barriers for people, help people grow, develop people. And that's, that's what I've done my entire career. Yeah. Everything else is residual to that. Wow. Dude, I love it. Greg, this is, this is really powerful, man. And just on our pre-interview call, like how much you cared and, and the questions that you were asking me about what I got going on with this 12 hour marathon and everything that we're up to, it was just so powerful, man. So not only do you have the experience and the track record, but you also like you care and you got a big heart and you really want to see people living their purpose and tapped into their heart, into their, into their, you know, greatness, the reason why, why they're here. Uh, so I really acknowledge you for that. And it, it's awesome. I want to go back into the journey and talk about what were some of those big milestones that you hit that really shaped and, and changed your life to be the Greg that's with us today, you know, success in real estate, um, you know, maybe challenges, things that you had to overcome to be able to get to here. Yeah, everything and all of it. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so I went in the Navy right out of high school. That was an experience and it was a character building, leadership building experience. I'm a natural born entrepreneur. Started at a young age, cutting grass, raking leaves, whatever. I'd knock on your door to do Chris. My name's Greg Dickerson. I live down the street. I need to make some money. What do you need done? Yeah. I'll wash your car, cut your grass, vacuum your house, watch your kids. I need five <laughs> bucks, you know? So, and I would not leave till you put me to work and paid me, you know? So very determined, very disciplined, very outgoing. You know, my mother, my mother always told me that, you know, I had the gift of gab because yeah. uh, I love talking to people. I love asking questions, learning about people. Uh, so that was me in a nutshell. So natural born entrepreneur, natural born leader. I was always the captain of every team I played on, every sport. Wow. Uh, when I went in the Navy, I joined enlisted and I was put in charge of my section. Didn't ask for it. I was just, boom, dude, take this, you know, take charge of this. Wow. Um, you know, in business, wherever I worked before I started my own companies, I was always put in charge. I was a manager, leader. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, what's been most instrumental to me in my career is understanding the power of developing yourself as a leader, right? And a lot of people, there's a lot of definitions of that, but the bottom line is when you're a leader, you're a servant. I have a mm -hmm. servant's heart. My, my gifting is I'm a giver, right? Mm -hmm. I'll give you everything. The shirt off my back, I'll give you everything, right? I want to help people. I've done it my whole life, you know? And um, so once you understand what a true leader is, you know, it's a servant. Mm -hmm. Everything else just kind of flows from that. So I developed myself there first. And, uh, and then I just took some steps along the way, like when I decided to leave the corporate world and start my own business, because I always wanted to have my own business, um, that was a, a journey, right? And I stepped out and I just, I went after it and I did it and uh, started as a little remodeling contractor and handyman guy. And I did 250,000 in sales my first year. Wow. I remember my first job was 500 bucks, right? And I was like, man, you know, I'm here, I am 29 <laughs> years old. I was like, dang, if I can do this like every week, I'm set, right? Yeah. You know, and it didn't take much back then. This was 1997, you know, and yeah, my wife was a school teacher and, you know, I'm making, you know, I don't know, 50 grand a year doing my own little thing. And so, hey, life was great. And, you know, from that point, seven years later, I was a $30 million company, one of the largest builder developers, you know, in the area. Wow. And I started 12 other businesses along the way. And so I've, you know, I've got a lot of different experiences. I've done a lot of different things. I learned from mentors in my life during that period. 
I learned from just getting out doing it the hard way because you didn't have the internet. You didn't have all of the resources that we have now. Hmm. You just had to go do it and learn it. Yeah. And, uh, and I learned by asking questions. I learned by setting my ego aside. One of the other gifts I have is I know that I don't know anything hmm. and I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm not afraid to listen to others. And I hired people better and smarter than me that had more experience and I am not threatened by that at all. That's where a lot of business leaders fail is they get intimidated by their employees that are better and smarter than them or they won't hire people that challenge them. Wow. Man, I, I, I'm like, dude, I want the best, right? Yeah. That's how you grow and scale. So just those types of things along the way. And then there's different milestones, right? So there's the first decision of, hey, I'm going to step out and start this business. Uh -huh. My kids were little, you know, I didn't have a whole lot to lose at the time. So, you know, that was all right. I had no money. I just went and did it. Uh, then the next step is leasing an office, right? So I get this office warehouse, 800 bucks a month. That was a huge sign in that lease, man. That was a huge <laughs> step. Um, so I remember that. And then, you know, after that, it was, you know, growing the company, then doing my first real estate deal. It was a lot flip, you know, that a realtor came to me and said, hey, we can buy this lot. And I got, my dad's got a client that'll buy it and pay us 30 grand more. You put up the money, I'll do everything else. Wow. I did that. We split 15, you know, split 30 grand grand made 15 piece that was just amazing um so then it goes from there and now you need a bigger office then you start building bigger houses and you start doing development you know just uh, one thing after another so it's just so many different things and each company so as you do more of that you get more and more comfortable you get more and more confident and then you just next thing you know you're just you just do you know so and then when people say hey how do you describe greg dickerson you know people that would describe me they're like hey be careful what you tell him because you're gonna do it <laughs> So I'm one of those guys, you know, if we're going to sit and brainstorm, it's not yeah. like, oh, yeah, great. Catch you later. It's like, well, let's go. And the next day we're doing it, you yes. know. So yes. anyways, Dude, so that's me. I, I love it. And I love your it's like you are so passionate about this and you have so much to share that like I, I love how fast you talk you know you, there's like just there's so much you want to get out there's so much value that you want to contribute to our audience I really really appreciate that Greg and for everyone who's tuning in live or replay podcast or Facebook live uh, I want you to type in let's type in Greg type in Greg because Greg is bringing the freaking fire right now take a screenshot put it on Instagram put it on Facebook tag me I'll make sure we get it out so Greg this is this is great stuff man. I want to stay in, in the journey a lot because I think there's a lot of wisdom there. And you mentioned that you were always the team captain. What was it about you that had you like selected as that role? And how, how would you teach others to be that, that way so that they get leadership positions so that they um, step into their servant, so to speak, mindset? So, you know, again, I was just kind of wired that way where, you know, if there was something to be done, I just step up and let's go. And I would just bring people together, but not in a way like, Hey, you over here. Hey, you over there. Mm. It's like, Hey, let's go. Yeah. Like I said, it's that whole, you tell me you have this idea. You want to write a book. I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. Yeah. You know? So I, I, so I lead from the front. Okay. So I'm not in the back going charge. I'm mm. out front going, let's go. Yeah. You know? So, um, it's leading from the front number one. And then it's the, the, and then it's the leader goes last number two. Mm. Right. So, uh, everybody gets paid first everybody you know you've heard the general eats last yep. so when there's a job to be done i'm leading the charge on the job mm. and i'm not bossing people around but i'm delegating in a way that it's like it's us and it's we and let's go versus mm. i me you know you it's us we so it's kind of like that and i just i've just always been one of those guys that just i walk in and i just take control i just take charge but not in a forceful way mm. it, it just happens 
So, uh, you know, I've never really thought about it and studied it in terms of why. It's just it just kind of how it works. And uh, and it's just the way I was born. So what I had to learn how to do, because I am very high energy, as you can see. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was a little less patient. So I had to really work <laughs> on my patience, you know, because I want it done now. Let's go. Yeah, you know, yeah. so there's a good side of that. And there can also be a downside to that as well. So I really had to work on myself in terms of that. Mm. I had to work on how to lead people, which means understanding people, what they're going through, what they're dealing with, where they come from, and, you know, helping them bring out the best in themselves. So, you, you know, again, you're a servant. So you just take the back seat when it comes to those things. When, it, when you win, it's about the team. When you lose, it's about me. Mm. So it's just those things, you know, that, that, that it just kind of works. And also, I'll tell you the other thing, too, now that I think about it. So even going back as a young kid, mm. I'm very good at understanding other people's uh, strengths, weaknesses, talents, and abilities. So aces and places. That's what I use. You want your best people in the best place when the heat's on. Right. Cross training's okay. You know, restaurants, you know, sports, this, that, and the other. You know, cross training a little bit's all right. But when, but when it's prime time, when it's on and you've got to perform, you want aces in, in places, right? You want yeah. Tom Brady behind the center throwing that football. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, yep. you, you know, you want Babe Ruth at home plate when you're two, two outs, man on third, and you need, you know, you need a home run to win. Yeah. Right. Uh, now the other side of this is that is, you know, Babe Ruth also has the strikeout record, right? Yeah. Tom Brady was also passed up, you know, in his early years. So anyways, it's understanding where to put people and how to use them the best based on their personalities, their abilities and their skills. So that goes all the way back to sports as a kid, knowing who should play first, who should play short, who should wow. be, you know, out in the outfield. So I was the one that always organized and put the positions, wow. you know, so, you know, a lot of times in sports, like I played a lot of pickup sports as a kid. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was developed there. Everybody's just kind of who wants to be quarterback. You know, everybody was like, Greg, you know, not only because I could throw, but I'm going to say, okay, you're the receivers, you're the center, you're over, you know, yeah. and calling the plays, right. Calling the shots because I knew who could do what I knew who could run. I knew who could catch. And I could look at it un with an unbiased view even if you were my best friend, dude, if you can't catch the ball, you're not playing receiver. Nope. You're going to walk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's just, so that's, that's where a lot of it came from. That's yeah. Yeah. I've never been asked that. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I love it. So it's like really as a kid, uh, you, you grew up with that, the resourcefulness skill of, of putting the right pieces in the right places, the aces in the spaces and places. I love that. That's awesome, man. So uh, that was a skill and a strength for you. And then going into the early years of business for you, um, what what is it that helped you succeed and, and you know accelerate your results the fastest? I'm sure the, the delegation systems, automation was a big part of that, knowing the right people. Tell us more about what helped you succeed, man. So just a can-do attitude, an unshakable, unbreakable mindset, positive mindset. I mean, I'm one of those guys, everything is possible. Not anything, mm. everything. Right now, I'm not, you know, obviously, I'm not, I'm not going to be a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, so within realistic, you know, uh, limitations yep. of your ability. But generally, everything possible, educate yourself. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in your team, and if you are prudent about what you do, you, I mean, you can do anything. I started with nothing. I mean, I have, you know, when you look at my background as a kid and how I came up and all that, I mean, I shouldn't have been able to do anything, you know, I mean, I just shouldn't have been. And I, you know, I mean, I had a, I, I was a, I was a tough little kid and uh, I was the kid that had to get notes home from school every day. Cause I was in trouble all the time, you know, so super <laughs> ADD, but at the same time I can focus. And so mm. number one, it's that, it's that discipline and determination that, you know, I'm going to, this is going to work. We, mm. I won't quit. I won't give up. 
failure is not an option. I will do whatever it takes morally, legally, ethically, um, you know, to get it done. And I will work, work, work 24 hours. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to work until it's done. So I have that kind of dedication, determination, and discipline. Yeah. You know, I mean, I lost weight and quit smoking at the same time. I mean, mm. I was 80 pounds heavier than I am, and wow. you know, one time when I was in four, and I was a lifelong smoker. I made up my mind, I'm going to quit smoking and lose weight. I'm not going to go the other way, right? That's wow. usually what happens when people quit smoking. So I just have the ability to be able to, I'm just positively, you know, I'm just optimistic, eternally optimistic, I guess you can call it, yeah. but not unrealistic, right? Yeah. I'm not delusional. Mm. But I have a big vision. I have a big mind. And and I believe everything is possible. I mean, I believe literally if you want to go do something, you can do it, you know. And uh, so, I mean, that, that's really it. But, you know, developing myself as well and developing the skills of a leader, delegator, motivator, inspiring results out of others. That's what leadership mm. really is. You don't you don't command leadership. You know, you don't order leadership. You, you know, leadership inspires results. You inspire people, you encourage people, you help people, you serve people. That's what leadership is. So, you know, that's that's what it is. This is beautiful, man. And I, I hear that you see the world this way, and I'm sure it's been an evolutionary process, right? And what I love about you, Greg, is like you are the eternal optimist in seeing everything that's possible. And people being around you, just simply being around you, like if someone is stuck in a, a limited way of thinking or they're feeling overwhelmed or whatever, they, they have a like can't do attitude. Maybe it's temporary. Maybe it's something that's a little bit more long term. You know, if it's long term, then they're going to self-select themselves out of your vicinity and your radius and your energy because they can't keep up with your can do and like do, do, do. But for the people who might have just a couple things that they get to work on, simply just being around around you and saying, damn, Greg's like, Greg's this guy who's, who's, who's showing me it's possible. Like when you just be you and of course all the growth and personal development and all the habits and all the behaviors and when ways of being and tendencies and how you show up your paradigm that is like transferred over to people around you. And I think that's one of the most valuable things about you as a, as a mentor, as a coach, as a leader is that you just pass that on to the people around you. It's, it's like contagious, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm an encourager. And again, what tickles me more than anything else, so I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of different real estate deals, commercial, residential, land development, just, you know, all kinds of fun things, flip houses, build houses, whatever. And I've had a bunch of different companies and I do equity capital and I buy companies, I build companies, I do all that. You know, people around me are like, man, you do so many things. You know, what's your favorite thing? What do you love to do more than anything else? I mean, it's simple, build people. I'm an encourager. So everything I've done, it all comes back to people. You can't do any of that by yourself. Wow. So what what you know what you said there for the people that are stuck, right? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to the, I'm what I do is I believe for you until you believe for yourself. I'm wow. not going to do it for you. Wow. I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not going to force you to do it. I'm going to believe for you because you know if if you're believable, right? So yeah. some people just you know you can't help some people, right. but some but the ones that are. I will believe for you and take that step with you and hold your hand for the journey until you can walk on your own and uh, believe for you till you can believe for yourself. So that's, I mean, I just love that. You know, that to me is more fulfilling than anything else there is, is to when, when the light bulb finally goes off in somebody's mind where they're like, mm. I can do this. I, I just, you know, and so that's what it is. It's just taking that step, taking that action, building the muscles of belief and the discipline 
of the big ideas and the big thinking. Cause once you have a little bit of momentum and you get out and you get started, like starting a podcast, you know, yeah. people will toil over starting a podcast. Once you record the first episode it's done, you're like, man, wasn't that hard. Maybe you keep rolling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll, but there's so much information now that you'll get stuck mm. on I don't know, which platform. All right. Wait a minute. Do I need music? Do I need that? Do I need that? Just record the thing. Yep. Just record it and go, yep. you know, <laughs> and then build it from there. Yeah. Dude, this is, this is great, man. So I want to talk about how your experience in real estate helped you to just be an overall better entrepreneur and leader. Because now you're, you're in a lot of different fields. You're you know, staying up to date on podcasting, being an influencer, you know, building audiences and tribes and communities. So I want to talk about what, what were the key things in real estate that helped you be even more successful today? It started with restaurants. So my, I'm built, my DNA, I'm built from a restaurant perspective. So in the Navy, I did retail. We took care of the ship stores, the vending machines, the barber shops, the laundry. So we were called ship servicemen. So we were the guys, if you want anything, you had to come to me, right? So, yeah. uh, so that's where it started. And that's where I learned business and accounting and things like that was through that. Mm -hmm. Then when I got out, um, I had construction jobs during the day and I worked in restaurants at night. And then I got into management at restaurants. And that's where I learned how to manage people how to, you know, how to, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Myers-Briggs, you know, mm, you know yep. different personality types of Myers-Briggs uh, disc profiling. So I learned that and, you know, really learned more about how people operate and how they think and what they're, you know. So I got a lot of great management training from the restaurant industry on the personnel side, uh -huh. you know, you know, interviewing, recruiting, hiring, training, you know, all that. And then also the business side and the numbers, real estate. I mean, uh, restaurants are all about squeezing a nickel out of a penny. You got to watch every <laughs> single little, yeah, a nickel out of a penny. That's not easy to do. So that's what restaurants are all about. Very low margin business. You got to watch every single line item. I mean, you got to watch every ounce of cheese, wow. every ounce of steak. I mean, it's very, you're measuring and managing everything. So it's yeah. metrics and KPIs down to the minute level. Yeah. And when you have 500 restaurants, a quarter teaspoon of cheese, over 500 restaurants is $100,000 a year, one Dang. little quarter teaspoon. Wow. So that's the kind of stuff you're looking at, right? Um, so that's really what built, like I said, what, what happened was I got into construction instead. Hmm. And those two businesses cross over very well because construction is about people and it's about numbers. Hmm. So to me, it's the same thing. And then I realized, hey, every business is about people and numbers, right? So my philosophy, like everybody knows, you know, Marcos Lemonis, you know, his whole, you know, philosophy, people, yep. uh, process and profit. Yep. So mine was always people operations profit, which mm. operations is the process, right? Yeah. And, or, you know, I'm not sure what his thing is, but um, it's people and it's systems and it's numbers and it's yeah. profit at the end of the day, no matter what business you're in. So I was able to transfer that over into building first. And then through building, I learned real estate and I mean, uh, you know, and all, all of the things that go along with it and how to invest in real estate, got my real estate license. So learned it at a very intimate level, doing at all levels and even the technology. So, I mean, you're talking to a guy that I didn't even send my first email to like 2001. You know, I didn't really know how to use a computer. I was dictating to my office manager and she would type up my emails and send them out. Wow. And uh, smartphone, I didn't start using a smartphone until 2011. So I, I was somebody that had to get up to speed on technology. Now I'm very good. I mean, I can use all of it. You know, I'm very good with technology and internet and, you know, all the stuff that's out there. So it's constantly learning, constantly developing yourself. Um, and it's just one thing led to another. And it's, it's just interesting how much different businesses and industries cross over. They all have their own language. They all have their own metrics. 
they all have their own little tricks of the trade nuances. But at the end of the day, it's people, it's, you know, operations and it's profit. Mm, this is gold. This is gold, man. Uh, I want to talk about personal development for you because that's been a huge part, self-growth, self-improvement. And you mentioned on our pre-interview call that like you, you listen to music very rarely, but you're constantly listening to books, listening to podcasts, like growing yourself. Tell us a little bit more about how you develop that kind of a mindset and how you encourage people around you to, to do the same. Yeah. And I read too. So, you know, that's what I'm out and about moving around exercising. Like when I'm exercising, I don't have music playing, you know, even working out, I've got a podcast, I've got an audio book, something, but, um, you know, I guess it's something that I kind of always did, but again, going back to the restaurants, when that company hired me, um, they said, Hey, I want you to read these three management books. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to read these other two books. It was like five management books that you had to read. So that's when I started realizing how powerful that kind of stuff was right Mm -hmm. before that. This was uh, 1995-ish mm-hmm. when I went to work for that company. You know, I'd never really thought much about educating myself or pouring into myself yeah. until I read those books and wow. I started reading that. And then I was like, bang, the light bulb went off. Yeah. So then I became a voracious reader. I became interested. I was a poor student, horrible student. You know, I was young and cocky, thought I knew everything. <laughs> so at that time, I wasn't interested in learning in the early years. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until I went to work for that restaurant company that they said, hey, you've got to read these books. And when I saw how effective that was, mm. and then I read these other books, I was like, dang. And, you know, so I just started going from there and pouring myself from there. And then the more you learn, the more you know you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just, you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, so I just developed a discipline of self-development, professional development. Mm. And, uh, you know, just from, from that day on, I just didn't waste any time pouring useless content into my mind yeah because i'm telling you everybody who's listening you are not only you've heard you are who you hang around Mm. you are what you look at and think about and hear and read yeah that's what you are you know it's just not what you think about because what you think about is what gets poured into your mind Mm. because you get those pictures you know and there's so many things now to to you know take your attention you have to be deliberate about what you pour into your mind yeah you relentless, ferocious, tenacious discipline with like cutting out the distractions, eliminating those distractions. That's, that is the key to massive impact, success, growth in any industry, anyone's life. Like if you can't do that stuff, you will be overtaken. You will be, someone will be like swayed by the, by the winds, so to speak, right? Like you can't control the, the yeah. winds, but you can control your sail. And if you control that sail, like now- Jim Rohn talks about, you know? So I'll tell you another big motivator for me, the main motivator. So once I learned what it could do for you in your career and in your business, the big takeaway for me was if I'm going to be a leader, mm-hmm. if I'm going to lead people and if I'm going to create a business and create jobs where somebody's livelihood is relying on me, yeah. I better be the best I can be. Yeah. I better know as much as I can know to be able to help them, pour into them. I mean, if somebody's going to, if yeah. I'm going to influence people and they're going to listen to me, wow. man, I better, I better be doing everything I can to make sure I'm the best I can be and bring it. And this goes all the way back to, you know, my kids, I coached every sport my kids ever played. Right. Wow. Um, as they were growing up, I'd never coached before. Uh, you know, and there were some sports like soccer. I mean, soccer went around when I was a kid. I didn't know anything about it. So I got books and tapes and I educated myself on soccer and I yeah. took coaching clinics and I learned how to coach so I could be the best coach I could be for those kids. I took it serious and I said, hey, these kids and these kids' parents are relying on me to be wow. the best possible coach I can be for their kids. And you know how I get, 
you know, and uh, you know, and the way it all starts is your daughter's like, daddy, will you coach me on our team? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, but you know me, let's go. You want to do it? Let's do it. So I, you know, I mean, I'm talking, I've spent, I don't know, probably I've adjusted over a thousand dollars on just coaching stuff, learning how to be a coach. So really for me, if you're going to be a fiduciary of somebody else's attention, Mm. you owe a responsibility to be the best you can be and to, to develop yourself so that you can help them be the best they can be. And if you're not doing that, you're not just letting yourself down. You're letting everybody else down that's relying on you. Husband, father, brother, sister, mother, daughter, son, leader, mentor, coach, employee, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Everywhere we go, we lead somebody somewhere. Be the best leader you can be. Be the best you can be for them. Yeah. And, and Greg, I love this. This is so powerful. I, I just feel the, the determination for you to, to make a positive impact. Like it's, it's truly the servant mindset and the servant heart. Like you are, you are just being that, the servant leader. I love it, man. And I think just listening to this is super inspiring for me and for everyone who's tuning in. So if this is resonating with someone out there who's watching or listening right now, like, type in servant, like take a screenshot, type servant. Cause this is, this is literally, I, in my opinion, and I think Greg's opinion too, it's literally how you get anything that you want in life. Like help enough people get what they want, be a servant leader, like put other people's needs first, solve those big problems that other people are facing. And then you can have anything that you want. So really tag us on social media. This is awesome and epic. And Greg, I wanted to ask you about one particular thing you in your younger years you were confident and maybe a little bit cocky maybe a little bit know-it-all type of person right a lot of people on social media today millennials um there's there's, they call it the snowflake generation which is there's not enough confidence there's not enough uh pride there's not enough like do it mentality i'm curious how do you how do you balance the like kind of overbearing ego that that wants to be in charge with the like servant mentality like if someone's really like forceful uh, how how do you get them to like dial that back and be more of a servant leader and loving? And if someone's not confident enough, how do you bring them up to speed with that? You know, so the lack of confidence is easier than the overconfident, right? Mm. So when you're when you're like I was, and again, I was just full of big ideas. I wanted to take on the world, tackle the world. Nothing was going to stop me. You know, so that was a lot of it. I just wanted I just wanted to go out there and just take on the world and yeah. start my own business and just do that, right? And um, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, nobody could reach me. I mean, I did listen to people. I had people that right. taught me and I listened to people. There are some people you just can't reach. They're just not going to listen to you. They're narcissistic. Mm-hmm. You know, the ego has ruined more business deals than anything else. So yeah. when I say I was young and cocky, it's just that I wanted results and I wanted it now. Right. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand. I wasn't patient. I didn't look from the standpoint so much of a servant in the early days more than I was just trying to get stuff done. Right. And I didn't take time to understand why you would be doing or not doing what you're doing or not doing. Right. Mm. So that changes as you get older, you get wiser, you get a little bit more tame and, you know, hopefully, <laughs> you know, less intense, yeah. you know, like, a, you know, so if you've got somebody who's just really strong willed, then you, you really gotta, you gotta bring, you gotta tell them, look, man, you're, you know, you've got a very strong personality. I was just like you, mm. you got two choices. You can keep beating your head against the wall until you finally knock yourself down and realize, dang, this ain't working. Mm. Right. Which was me. I finally realized I got to change. Right. You know, because it's just no fun just rolling over people to get where you need to go. And mm. and not because, you know, I didn't think I was being mean or malicious. I was just like, man, we got work to do. You know, mm. we don't have time. Let's get it right. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Wow. And uh, 
So there's a difference between that and just, you know, so it's helping that person understand, look, you just don't know what you don't know. There's a big world out there and uh, you got two ways to go, right? You can just keep banging your head against the wall or you can get on board with a program and let's roll. And you got to humble yourself. And, you know, so some people are okay with that conversation and some aren't. And it's like, look, come back to me when you are. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do. Some people yeah. just got to say, look, go do your thing. When you're ready, you'll, you'll come. Right. Yeah. So um, on the other side, what you have a lot of is, is the way parenting has changed. Right. So there's so much of an enabling of children these days where parents are doing everything for the kids. The kids never have to do anything for themselves. Mm. Not, I mean, it's little things like chores. Do you know how yeah. powerful chores are? Make your bed. Put your dishes in the dishwasher when you're done. Mm. You know, I, I'm not saying slaves, you know, like right. I grew up, man, I had to do it all. But just little, give them some responsibilities, give them some tasks yep. and hold them accountable and make them accountable for it. Taking out the trash, you know, just the, stuff like that. Parents don't want to do that now. You know, they yep. call it, oh, I don't want to stifle their reality. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to stifle their development. I want to just let them run and be annoying in a restaurant. No. <laughs> Teach the kids some stinking manners, yeah. you know, and uh, teach them how to shake hands firmly and look somebody in the eye and mm. smile and be happy and be positive and be proud that you got up and made your bed and took the trash out. And I didn't have to tell you, you know, mm. so it's, it's those types of things that you start at a young age and it is different. So with social media today, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine being a young person coming up in that world. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's gotta be awful. Yeah. because they're seeing everything that they want to be and they don't think they can be. And everybody else looks, and even for adults, everybody else looks like their life is so much better and they're doing so much more. And people yeah. would just get really hung up in that, you know? Yeah. And if you just, again, go back to the servant thing, mm -hmm. if you just can be happy for other people and say, oh man, they look awesome. Yeah. Look what they're doing. Man, that's great. And just focus on your own thing, you know, but that's a very hard thing to do. So mm. Young people building self-esteem is, is a little bit different. You know, it's that coming alongside of them, believing for them until they can believe for themselves and helping them understand where that comes from. Look, your mom and dad, you know, have enabled you. you got to stand up and do your own thing. Yeah. And then you give them things to do on their own and you let them fail and you let them move forward and you let them realize, hey, you know, and that's really the big thing is parents don't let their kids fail. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not everybody, but that, that's what happens to the, that's what creates snowflakes. It's right. parents' unwillingness to let their. No, and it comes from a place of love, but yeah. but they're doing damage. Yeah, yeah, great. I got a saying: Good. you can raise them now, or you can raise them later, but you're going to raise them. <laughs> That's and great, what's man. the average age of kids? You know, leaving home now is in their 30s. Now kids yeah. are staying at home with their parents. Man. You can raise them now, or you can raise them later, That's but right. you're going to raise them. Man. That's powerful. Greg, this is this is so powerful. Timely wisdom for our audience, both parents and we have millennials tuning in. So this is this is really great stuff to be able to relate with people around us, to lead ourselves better. And I want to talk about um, the, the particular aspect of scaling because you, you've scaled effectively and uh, especially creating assets and cash flow. That's something that you've really been great at. So let's dive into the mindset of scaling and cre creating additional assets and building bigger businesses. So scaling a business is uh, all about number one, you know, so there's a couple of ways to scale a business and every business has its limitations. So in certain businesses, it, you know, scaling is acquiring other companies. It's easier just to go buy another company that's complementary to what you're doing, right. scale that way, mm -hmm. you know, scaling can be done by market share and increasing your internal team. 
So, you know, in order to scale your existing organization, you have to become a leader, delegator, motivator, put systems in place mm. so that it runs on autopilot. Not that you don't have to be there. Like there's this whole mindset. I only want to put four hours or 10 hours a weekend. Right. You ain't going to scale putting 10 hours a weekend. If you want to grow your business, <laughs> you got to be involved. You got to be there and you got to grow it. Yeah. But then once you get to a point, you know, you, you, you can put it on autopilot. You don't have to be day to day in it, mm. but you got to look at it every day, right? Yeah. You got to pay attention. Um, so scaling is all about systems. It's all about people, you know, operations, profit. So it's, yeah. it's the right people in the right place with the right systems and keeping an eye on profitability at the end of the day. And yeah. there's two ways to scale a business if you're starting out. So one is, you, you know, you hire somebody to teach you mm -hmm. or, well, there's more than two ways. You hire, hire somebody to teach you, uh, which is what I did. So uh, I hired, when I built, started my building company, I'd never built a house. I went and hired the best people from the best company in the area that was the biggest builder, I hired a couple of their best people to come work for me and help me build my company. Hmm. So you go out and you find champions and you coach them to success. If you want to yeah. win the Super Bowl and you're building a football team, who are you going to go after? You know, you're going to go, let's say, assume there's no salary cap, right? right. You're going to go after the best people the best, you can get, yeah. Yeah. no matter what it costs, right? right? So that's what I've done in my business is I've found great operators and then I surrounded them with great people, hmm. but I put them in a position to make decisions, to make, you know, to fail, to win, to lose, you know, to make decisions and grow and learn. And then I supported them and I guided them and I gave them the ability to make decisions and grow. So that's how you do it internally. And, you know, if you're already an existing business and you're established and you're like, man, we've maxed out, then you go buy other companies. Mm -hmm. So that's how you expand. So they're either the same industry and you consolidate, you know, a fragmented market or they can be complementary. And like for me, I was a builder developer. So I, I started and bought businesses that were complementary right. to what I was doing. So I was mm -hmm. in, you know, 12 different industries, but they were all related to the real estate construction industry. I had 12 different businesses, but they're all related to that industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were very complementary. Um, you know, restaurants, same kind of thing. So restaurants, you scale by market share mm -hmm. and geography. So you expand out. And, you, you know, you have to scale your team internally to handle the exterior scale geographically. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so so that's another way to do it. And then in real estate deals, you just go bigger. Mm -hmm. So the way you scale is bigger deals. Right. So you start with a deal. You know, it's the old, you know, monopoly greenhouses for red hotels. Yeah. I mean, it's really in real estate. That's what it is. So you do one deal uh, to generate and build your cash so you can do bigger deals. And once you get the big deal, then you do more bigger deals and, uh you know, so it just kind of grows that way. And then again, even in real estate, you can consolidate industries. So if you want to scale a multifamily business and you're, you know, you're at 500 million or whatever, mm -hmm. then you can either go out and try to find properties or you can say, Hey man, who else has a hundred million dollar portfolio or a $200 million portfolio and you buy them. No. So scale can take a number of things on, but at the end of the day, you got to have the right people in the right places and you got to let them do their job. The last thing you want to do, and this is where a lot of business owners make mistakes is they hire champions and then they they hold them back right mm. you, you know if you've got a thoroughbred you don't leave him locked in the stall you let him on the track and you let him run yeah so take your thoroughbreds take your aces take your tom brady's let them do what they were created to do mm. and help them get better at what they are doing by encouraging them supporting them and letting them fail letting them make mistakes letting them win so mm. Uh, that's, that's how you do it. I'm, I'm curious, did you see any pattern over the course of the businesses that you've worked with and, and scaling businesses? Did you see a particular range that's more difficult or takes more time than others? Like from zero to six figures, from six, six figures to seven figures, from seven figures and beyond. Did you notice any patterns or places where people get hung up or anything like that? 
No, that that's industry specific. So it depends on whether you are high volume, low ticket or mm. big ticket, you know, lower volume. So it just really depends on the business you're in. Um, and the whole six figure, seven figure thing. So what are we talking about? Sales, net mm. profit, mm. Growth, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of different ways to measure six or seven figures. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, it just depends on what business you're in and what metric, you know, if you're, if you're a real estate agent, yeah, there's a, there's a big mindset shift to go from a hundred thousand dollars of gross commission income to a million. Right. Mm. So there's a lot of things that have to take place there. Right. If you're a building company, so most small custom builders are at a $5 million a year level. So there's a big change that needs to take place within you mentally and structurally and within your organization to get from five to, to, to 50, you know, mm. and then there's a big change that needs, you know, to get from 50 to a hundred properties easier, right? Because you're just talking about values of assets. So that that's pretty easy. You know, you just, you buy a, $200,000 property, then next thing you know, it's four, next thing you know, it's a million, then it's digit. So that's a little easier to do. But in a business, uh, you know, like a restaurant, you know, you can only grow your sales within an existing restaurant so much, so you have to open more. Yeah. So that requires, you know, people, systems, and, you know, capital. Uh, so in a lot of businesses are tied to the, you know, you, I don't want to say you're limited because there are no limitations, but your growth and scalability is tied to your ability to raise capital. So if you don't know how to do that, you know, that will hold you back. So, but that's not as hard as everybody thinks, you know, raising capital is, is really not difficult. So you can do that to grow your business or buy other businesses. So it really is dependent on the industry, but no, you know, it's equal. It's all equal. And, and, and I mean, and it's the same for the guy that's going from a hundred million to 500 million, you know? So those are my mentors. Guys are at that level yeah. and, you know, uh, real estate developers and stuff. That's the kind of people that have taught me in my career. And I've asked them the same questions along their journey. And actually, it's more difficult, I think, to crack that first, you know, million dollar, multi-million dollar level than it is to get to the next levels. But at the end of the day, and this is a big takeaway for everybody, the hardest thing to do is keep it. Any mm -hmm. fool can make a million, you know, but it takes a genius to keep it. So whatever your goal is, one, three, five, ten, focus on hanging on to it as you make it, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's the tricky part. Making it to number one almost anybody can be number one for a while, mm. staying there, staying on top. That's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. What, what have you seen as some of the, the secrets or tips, the things that you've learned to be able to keep the wealth instead of, you know, constantly letting it go or spending it on things or, or, you know, just not staying at that, at that position. You know, taking a chunk and setting aside and protecting it, not risking it, you know, mm. and not blowing it yeah. and utilizing your current income, to pay for your lifestyle. So other assets, you know, so again, you build businesses to generate cash flow to invest in assets that pay for your lifestyle. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you want to make sure you're operating within your budget. And that's a hard thing to do if you've got companies or businesses that are producing cash flow. You know, some people say, well, you know, I've worked hard, I deserve this. And I've mm. fallen into that before, you know, with, with different things. Yeah. And, you know, that'll just create pressure. So you want to take care of yourself and your necessities first. Mm. Take care of any of your, you know, non, uh, profitable debts, right? Credit cards, you know, cars, you know, things like that. Take care of the little debt that's not good, the bad debt first. Mm -hmm. Good debt is real estate, right? Or debt that produces income. Companies are real estate that, that's generating income. That's good debt, leveraged debt. Mm -hmm. But just the consumer debt is the stuff you don't want to have. Right. So you want to take care of that first. You want to get a nest egg uh, in the bank that you know, I could stop everything I'm doing right now. If I got whatever happened and I just can't work, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. My family's going to be okay. So whatever that number is, fix on that number, get that in the bank, set it aside and don't touch it mm. and then go do everything else you can with what you're creating, 
you know, offer your businesses and let them and your assets pay for the luxuries and, and necessities in life. And that's another big problem for our, for the younger generation. And it's, it's kids, you know, five to 10, all the way up to the, you know, twenties is that delayed gratification, patience, you know, everybody wants it now, the younger generation, the snowflake generation. I mean, that's, that's another big issue is the world we're in the world of instant everything. Right. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, back in the day when I was coming up, man, you had, you had to wait for stuff, you know, I yeah. mean, <laughs> Remember dial up internet. I don't know if you ever experienced that. But, I did. I mean, yeah. Sometimes you'd wait five minutes, you know, to connect. And then with a page, remember how the page would load, yeah, real yeah. Slow like that. you know, these kids haven't experienced that stuff, you know, yeah. and you know, what they think is slow now is funny, oh but, um, but anyways, it's those types of things, you know, it's, and it, what, what that one thing, all of that boils down to one word discipline. Hmm. So it's discipline in your self development. It's discipline in your daily habits. And it's discipline in your financial habits. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what it boils down to is you've got to be self-disciplined. You're not going to be successful if you're not self-disciplined. You know, unless I, you're just a genius, you know, and you've got, right. you, you created Facebook, then you can be a whatever. Right. And I'm not saying Zuckerberg is or isn't. I'm just saying, if you create a right. Facebook and you all of a sudden get hundreds of millions, they're like, this one doesn't matter. You just had this idea, you know? Well, now it's about keeping it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Again, to keep it takes discipline. Yes. Yeah. So I love this. And a thought that popped into my head, Greg, is uh, starting kids off young with the investment mindset. And yeah. so what popped in my mind is saying, okay, if I teach a young kid, let's say four, five, six years old, you know, super early about money and about the, the discipline of saving money, um, I'm curious because after, let's say, 10 years, 15 years, they would have a sizable amount of income. And I'm wondering if that would lead to some sort of entitlement that they never had like hardship. They had the discipline from the beginning, but they never had to go without money. Uh, what are your thoughts if you would, uh, this is just a hypothetical, if would, like take away the 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 money and say okay so you have this in reserve this is like your your savings you get it in five years go start all over again from nothing <laughs> what do you think of that mindset <laughs> you know um I, I don't know I, you know that'd be an interesting experiment you know what i like is you know my kids have all worked you know at a young age in the yeah. way just like i did you know and it was my money to spend my parents didn't take it keep it control it um, now, you know, we do sort of force them to save a little bit, but the first thing I talk to my kids about in terms of money is investing and giving. So I taught my kids at a young age to give a percentage of what they earn, to be charitable, yeah. you know, and to be able to, to earn money so they can give. So one of the, one of the things that I've had as a philosophy in my life is to make sure I carry cash. Like a lot of people don't carry cash now and people ask me, man, why do you carry cash? You know, and uh, I'm not going to talk about how much because I don't anybody like waiting for me outside my hotel room. Yeah, I'm traveling today. But so I always keep cash on me so that, you know, if you go by the the, the bucket on, you know, Christmas, you can drop in some money. Right. The kids selling Girl Scout cookies or raising money for Pony Club or Little League Baseball car wash. You got cash. Yeah. So you want to have cash so that you, it's a it's a wealth abundance. It's a it's a wealth mindset. Yeah. Right. It, you know, versus a scarcity mindset of, man, if I got it, I'm going to burn it. Right. I like cash. like so give it away. Mm. You know, so my kids grew up learning that, you know, dad, why do you keep, you know, this in your wallet? I'm like, so we can give it away. And they're like, wow, you know, and I would let them do it. So I would give them the money and I'd say, you go give up, give it to them and not only give it to them, but thank them for taking their time out on a Saturday afternoon when they could be at the beach. We grew up in a resort area beach, right? Yeah. They could have been, been at the beach surfing, hanging out, having a ball. They're out there in a the hot sun selling Girl Scout cookies or washing cars for Lily. So I make it a point mm. to stop at those things and let my kids donate the money. And by the way, 
once I, once I got healthy and lost weight, I no longer accepted the cookies. I just gave the money. Said, <laughs> you, know, you keep the cookies, sell those to somebody else. We just wanted to reward you for giving up your Saturday and support your organization. And thank you. And they're all just like blown away. They're like, you know, nobody thanks these people for doing what they're doing. Right. And, right. and I've been the dad on the other end of it with my kids out there asking for donations. Right. Yeah. So, so anyways, I've taught my kids at a young age to be givers first, to be investors second and savers last mm. give first, invest second. So then you can save. Yeah. So I've never controlled their money. I've let them make their own choices. And I will tell them, look, you're working hard. You know, you're going to blow all your money and they, and they made that choice and they blew it. And then they mm. saw, man, I worked all summer and I made three grand and now it's gone <laughs> on food and clothes that I outgrew. And so that yeah. sticks with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I think you got to, again, you got to let them fail a little bit mm. so that, you know, once they get out there and then you hear some of the wealthiest people in the world say they're not going to leave, leave their kids any money because they don't want, they don't want to, they don't want to stifle what they were created to be. Nice. So if you're given this huge thing, it may stop you from actually becoming what you're supposed to become mm. and what you were put on this earth to do. So I think it's very wise. And they're saying that there might be a little something tucked away somewhere once they hit their fifties. And they've gone through their life, you know, who knows, but, uh, you know, but at the same token, you know, when, when you go through things that light in life, um, you know, if somebody's giving you something, it, you know, it may keep you from, you know, doing what you were created to do and, and taking a path that you should be taking, yeah. uh, you know, but at the same token, it could help you go in a different direction too. So it's, you know, who knows? Yeah. Everybody has their own journey. And if you have faith, then you, you just got to believe you're on the right path. And you're doing your own thing. And, mm. you know, and you just kind of tap into that. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful, man. And I, I love that it's really trusting the journey, you leveraging the the faith that everything's working out for our highest and best good. And I also love how you you mentioned with your kids, you know, like having them fail like that, that failure is such a great learning tool, a great lesson that life teaches us. Tell us a little bit more about your mindset about failure and um, how you uh, coach your your companies that you work with and business owners and entrepreneurs to um, around failure. How do you coach them around that? So, you know, number one, I look at problems as opportunities. So there are no problems. It's all opportunities, right? We solve problems. We make things happen. We get things done. That's what you do as an entrepreneur, a leader, uh, in business, you know, you're a problem solver. So when you look at that, you know, you're solving problems. Businesses don't always work out, right? Businesses have a high failure rate. So every business you get into isn't always going to work. And I've had businesses that did, that did better than others. I've had some that didn't do, do so well. So you're going to fail. Whether your company ultimately fails, uh, you're going to fail at something somewhere along the line. So it's just part of the journey. It's part of life. But, you know, again, it's like Babe Ruth, you know, I mean, he had the home run record hmm. of, you know, best hitter of all time without steroids. Right. Um, but he also had the strikeout record. Hmm. You know, nobody talks about that. You've heard the stories of Tom Brady and his struggles and, you know, getting, you know, wasn't even first pick and, you know, all of that stuff. And Michael Jordan getting turned over and passed down and, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, all of us have had our struggles. We've had our failures. It's just part of the game. Yeah. So it's not who you are. It doesn't define you because you messed up and you made mistakes. And that's where a lot of people get hung up is they'll make a mistake and they'll think, oh, my God, that, you know, I'm, I can't do I'm a failure. You know, I'm a loser. I'm a quitter. I'm whatever. Mm. And that's the story that they keep telling themselves instead of understanding, well, that was an event. I just didn't do the right thing. I didn't mm. take the right steps. I didn't, you know, I did stuff wrong and learn from it so that you're 10 times better on the other side. And that's what happens. 
The bigger you fail, the bigger you're going to return on the other side if you understand and take the lessons from it mm. and learn from it and then move forward. So it's all part of the journey and some are harder to swallow than others, you know, um, especially if other people are affected by it, yeah. uh, jobs or whatever, you know, so that's always that's always tough. But, you know, it's just part of business. If you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to go into business, venture capitalists, right? 30% of all the deals they look at work, 70% don't. So they know that going into it, but it's risk reward, mm. right? So if you're going to step out and you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have some failures. But guess what? You're going to have some failures in any job, mm. right? You know, you're going to have failures at anything you do in life. And it's just all part of the journey. And you just keep your head up and you just keep on marching. You're like, man, okay, now I know what not to do. And let me tell mm. you, there's two things that are very important in, in life and in business, mm. you know, and extremely valuable, especially when it comes to wisdom. Knowing what to do, right, is obviously extremely valuable and important. The most important thing is knowing what not to do. That's mm. the most important thing. It's not knowing what to do. It's not who you know. Mm. It's what not to do and who to stay away from. Mm. Those are very important. Wow. Greg, this is, this is so powerful, man. This has been an incredible interview. I want to tell people how they can stay connected with you. What are the next steps that they can do to continue their journey and keep growing with you, man? Yeah, yeah. So I've, you know, I've got a podcast, YouTube going on, but my website, gregdickerson.com, gregdickerson.com. Everything is there. Uh, my Instagram, YouTube, you know, uh, Facebook, uh, podcast, all that's there. So mm. I create content on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and it gets sent out to all those mediums. So wherever people get their content, they can, they can consume it. And it's all, I'm not pitching anything, selling anything. It's all just me giving all of the wisdom, all of the things that I've learned over my 30 years in business on different levels. Some of it's mindset, some of it's business, some of it's real estate, mm. some of it's very technical, some of it's very broad. So it's just a lot of different things. And it's kind of fun because, you know, I'm just putting stuff out there and, you know, different people hear different things and they resonate. And, you know, this will become part of the, the content library and, you know, that type of thing. So I'm just sharing, sharing what I do. I mean, I do coach and mentor people, but, um, you know, that's all just there for people to consume. There's no pitching, there's no selling, there's no nothing. It's just me doing what we're doing right now, giving away what I've learned, good and bad through, you know, hard knocks, self-taught, learning the hard way by doing over the past 30 years of, of my life. And, you know, well, I joined the Navy in 1985. So how many years ago was that? I mean, that's when I started my journey. I mean, I worked before that, but really my career started in 1985. So I don't know how many years that is. Man, this is powerful. Greg, you're a freaking powerhouse. They go to gregdickerson.com. That's G-R-E-G-D-I-C-K-E-R-S-O-N.com. And they can find you on Facebook, Greg Dickerson. And check out your podcast, all kinds of great stuff you're going on, you got going on, sharing your wisdom, man. It's freaking powerful. We've loved this interview, Greg, and we're gonna wrap it up with the final minute to win it. And this is basically, you know, just a heartfelt message of encouragement that you want to leave our audience with. Uh, someone out there needs to hear it. Uh, about their entrepreneurial journey, about scaling, automating, you know, whatever you want to really drive home, let's bring it home, man. Yeah. So I guess what I would tell everybody is, uh, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm not the smartest, brightest, most talented guy in the world. I just worked hard. I poured into myself. I educated myself. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter how scared you feel, no matter who's telling you you can't, no matter who's telling you you won't, no matter what happened to you before, I don't care. Today is the new day. Start right now. After you hang up, whenever you turn this thing off, go take action on something and move your goal forward. I don't care how small it is. Whatever it is you want to do, start something small, create something new every single day that wasn't there yesterday and just get out there and make it happen. 
If you don't believe in yourself, I believe in you right now until you believe in yourself. I will journey with you. Just do it. Just get out there, believe, understand that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you've done, how many failures you've had. You can start right now today and make it happen. Just get started. Mm, amen. Greg, you are the freaking man. I appreciate you being here, dude. Really looking forward to what we can create moving forward and just making a big impact on this world. You're an awesome human being. Thank you for being here, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and I enjoyed it, man. I hope, uh, hope everybody got some good takeaways here today. Definitely, man. Definitely. I appreciate you. We'll see you soon, okay? All right, Chris. Take care.